is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. You know, it seems like just a staple of being a Panthers fan, the optimism that you provide yourself at the beginning of the year up until kickoff. And then what do we say, Shantice, that first drive? That first drive, we know how the game's going to go. Yeah, you pretty much know how this is about to shake out after that first drive. And uh, it was much of the same, man. It was much of the same, bro. I mean, we all the excitement, all you know, all the hope, uh, pretty much got lost within within that first muff snap that uh, from from Baker Mayfield at that point. You know, I just it just didn't. It never looked. It, it never looked. Let's see. It never had a rhythm until the second half, which I do appreciate Ben McAdoo giving us some second half adjustments. I can truly appreciate that, but this looked like a group that didn't play a lot together during the preseason. You can tell this is a group that you had a a quarterback battle that we knew never was truly a battle. Uh, Then also, you know, playing PJ Walker, the majority of the preseason snaps also didn't really help. So, you know, you're talking about a group that's now really having to play his first snaps together as, as an entire group, because, you know, Mind you, McCaffrey didn't play. Robbie and DJ Moore rarely seen the field during the preseason. So this is a team that's really has, is still having to get all of his get all of his key pieces together and finally start to gel as a as a unit. And it having to be week one of the, of the regular season probably wasn't the best thing. And this was the game that you really wanted to win because of the emotional the emotional state of your team probably you know with you know with Cleveland coming in Baker Mayfield having a chance to play against his old group uh this was a game that you wanted to get and there being no Deshaun Watson you felt like this was a game for you to have and and to let it slip away boy is not is not a great feeling no so i'm going to go i'm going to get my petty my petty thought process first was off the bat, and this has been an issue I've had for years, and it was only propelled by the way now the field looks. I understand it's hot in Charlotte. I get that. I mean, it was probably, what, 85, 90 today? Yeah. Around that, and I know it's human. I get that. But where in the white to start off at home that many times? We lo- It looked like we were the away team. When I started, when the broadcast started, I was like, oh, it's at Cleveland. <laughs> it's not at Cleveland. It's in Charlotte. And and especially with the end zone. I don't know. I don't know what is going on with the end zone. Last year, you know, the last few years, it was a COVID thing. It was a pandemic thing, switching out the turf. To have just the plain white letters and, and the green grass, it. it's just, it's boring. And then now I will say it was kind of cool having the white logo in midfield. I kind of appreciated that a little bit. It made it, I guess, look a bit more uniform. But honest to God, like, we looked like we were playing an away game from the crowd, from the, just the, the way we were set up. It just looked, it just, it was just, it was ridiculous. And then going forward, I think you talked about it, Shantice. And I think something that was overlooked was the chemistry that develops between a running back and his offensive line there in the preseason and an actual gameplay that was non-existent. You could see very clearly early on that there was a disconnect from both quarterback, not knowing who your center was going to be, with the issues of, you know, of Corbett and, and Bozeman and, and Elfline and not knowing who was going to be lining up at our center. You saw that right off the bat. But then also just like DJ and McCaffrey and Shaq, like this miscommunication right off the jump that we don't have the coaching staff to, to correct. It's not, it's not going to happen from, from that off the jump. But, you know, that's just some of the first thoughts off the top of my head. Now we're going to bring in a Long-time listener, multi, multi-faceted guest host who's going to be joining us here for a little bit. Uh, Brock Sale, all the way from the West Coast. Was it any easier watching it at that time of day? Uh, it was honestly worse because I hate starting off my morning with a loss, and I know I'm going to be thinking about it for the rest of the week, but I knew that we were done when I saw the field. Like you said, I was I 
did not like the white. I was so excited to see that panther blue out there. And yeah, the, the little logo could have been cool, but if we had the blue in the end zones, it would have been a lot cooler. But not even that. Was, I just I noticed something too. If you looked at it hard enough, it looked like they changed the eyes at the end zone too. It looked like the color, the, the orange, you know, the orange is normally in the yeah. eyes, like the blue and the, it looked like it was just blue and black. And that's just like a weird little stylistic thing. But I don't know. It's just, we're worrying about the wrong things. You're absolutely right. <laughs> People, I think we were worrying about the wrong things in the game, too. People brushed over the fact that Baker has played with these guys his entire career. He like These people know him. We, we brushed over it because, obviously, Jacoby Brissett's in, and he's no Deshaun Watson, and we thought that that would give us enough of an edge, but that defense was taking away his first and second read every single time. They know where he wants to go. I don't think the receivers on our team don't know where Baker wants to go as much as uh, the defenders know. Like they were taking away everything, and with the Exi O line, with the O line, w I was not expecting it to go well. When you have your left tackle uh, going against Miles Garrett for his first game, someone who's not only like, if he was just a strong guy, it would have been a lot easier for uh, Icky to handle him. But he's so versatile; he has no idea what he's going to throw at him. He threw he threw three different moves in the first couple plays, and it was unreal. I I, I felt bad for Icky out there. Yeah, I don't, and that's that. Like the beginning, I think the first half was really. It was, you know, it was a testament to the lack of chemistry, the lack of communication, and the lack of coaching right at the bat. Shantice talked about it too. DJ was non-existent, and that's incredibly apparent to the lack of, you know, familiarity they developed in the preseason. You know, play the preseason, you're not going to get those looks at all. And DJ was nowhere to be found on the field to the point where Robbie was looking like our number one wide receiver out there with the catches he was getting. And then you're, I mean, I do not understand. And I said it last week, put Foreman back there as an extra run blocker. Like if you're an, or, or just an extra passing blocker, Miles Garrett is going to come off the edge or Jadavian Clowney who's the same freaking size as Foreman, if not bigger is going to come off either end. And Icky was on his back heels. I didn't expect him to, to, to do well in that matchup. You have a rookie and a sophomore on the left side of the field. That's not going to go over well. Like Mo Clowney and Moten, I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to go well. I, I was not worried about that in the long run. But, I mean, just – it was just ridiculous. It was so slow getting going. And what upset me was – is what I kept was hoping was going to happen. And Shantish, you talked about it. You know, Baker just looking stiff out there, just not non-existent. I don't understand why we kept him in the pocket, kept him silent, kept him doing all these things. Like – you're exactly right, Brock. They know him like the back of their hand. All of these guys. So you make it to where you're bringing you're bringing out a Baker they haven't seen before. You brought out Baker that everyone knows. You brought out Baker that Oklahoma knows. You brought out Baker that literally everyone knows and expected that to work against the team he's played against his entire career, and it clearly did not work. And from the from the big from the get go, it was just it was issues. It was it was walking backward. And, the, and the, one of the biggest issues I had with Carolina throughout the entire game, and I, and I do, like I said, I do appreciate the adjustments that McAdoo was able to make. But one thing I had an issue with was that you never went up tempo. The one thing you when you when you have a defense that's that aggressive, that physical, that fast, the one thing they're they're, they're going to be great at is if you slow the game down, you continuously allow them to huddle up, get their play call in without, and and, and allow them to make substitutions. 
you're going I, I, it plays right into their hands it, a defense is that fast and that physical and wants to sub out a lot of different guys because they use a lot of different packages you got to keep them on their heels and especially with a, a with a pass rusher like Clowney, for example we know how Clowney does Clowney's a is, is a complete bull rusher he does, it, there's no setup moves there's nothing that he's trying to he, he's trying to get to at, at at the start of the game and set you up for later in the game he's just one mode for the entirety of the game that's a guy that you continuously keep on the field, continuously make him work. And a guy like Miles Garrett, when Miles Garrett, there were there plenty of times where Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett was not in the game. When he's not in the game, up the tempo, make them ha make them have to use different guys. Make them make and make 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 the secondary guys, the, the the second string, third string guys, make those guys have to be elite for the entirety of a game. It's the, instead of allowing them to continuously catch their breath get their subs in, and now be able to tee off on your quarterback and your rookie left tackle. And that was I mean, the thing that I... Oh, you go, you go Brock. Uh, I was just saying, we haven't adapted to anything in the last three years. Our coaching staff does not make the best in-game changes. Um, obviously, new with uh, McAdoo, but, I mean, when you're not converting third down after third down, why not look to McCaffrey? I mean, he got at the end of the game, we started doing that. I get it. You want to ha like have him on a pitch count sort of thing, but when you really need him, use him. Don't, don't go to uh, shy Smith and Robbie on third down. We, we have to play to our strengths here. And especially with a, with an O-line that wasn't working, there was no motion. There was no rollouts. There was no play action. It, it was really, really predictable. And that's the thing. I've never seen, I mean, I probably have, but it just baffles me to see a team be so desperate all offseason, act so desperate, pick up quarterbacks when they can get them, pick up players when they can get them, you know, do these things you can get them, act so desperate in the offseason and preseason, and then be so conservative coming out of the gate and doing just the same old things. Because we talk about the coaching changes and making the adjustments. I would argue that there really weren't any adjustments made first half to second half in terms of the offensive side of the ball. I would argue there really weren't or defensively for that matter. I think what you saw there, we talk about the lack of communication and chemistry and players, you know, the coaches, they're the reason there's a reason the first 14 plays of most games are scripted out. The coaches know the game plan they want. The players need to know what they need to do. Just plug and play and run. And then you get that attrition setting in. And then the players get comfortable. The jitters go away. Baker probably had some jitters up there. He's going to never going to say he, he did, but he's got to be nervous doing that. But you get that attrition setting in, you get that routine setting in, and then that allows you to funnel in to, you know, doing the things you want to do. They didn't do that from the get go. There was a, no coach. I mean, those are the most boring calls I've ever seen coming out of the gate. <laughs> and I think what worked in that second half was more so the fact that if you looked at the plays that, because our best drive was that second touchdown drive. I mean, the best play of the half was, you know, a first half was Ian Thomas is coming out of nowhere to score 50 points for no reason or score to, you know, get a 50-yard pass for no reason and then setting up, which I have also a qualm with that Christian McCaffrey touchdown because he, this guy has been on the IR list literally all season long, all offseason. He was literally a scratch going into practice this week, and from the jump you have him diving over the end zone, throwing his shoulder that he had already hurt into harm's way. Isn't that, what we got Dante, isn't that what we got Foreman for? That's what I'm saying. That's, uh, I mean, it, be predictable. We're on the one-yard line. That guy's big enough to bust through a couple guys on the one-yard line. I or, don't think anyone's stopping him. It's, it's worth it to sub him in and save McCaffrey. If we're getting him on this pitch count kind of thing, why, yeah, why are we putting him in on the goal line and risking him right there? That's the one that, thing you don't want to do. 
And that was my issue. And then Shanti's talking to your point. Like I said, if you looked at that first drive, that first touchdown drive in the second half, if you look at those plays, it was McCaffrey, a broken play that he turned into 10 yards, 15 yards. It was a halfback read that he turned into another first down. It was Shy Smith, a great way to bring him in, getting that first down. It was the players and then DJ, you know, running around. It was the players making plays out in open field. It had nothing to do with the coaching, the plays that were being called. They were calling the same damn plays, I think. It, but that's what you get, you know, when you have play when you have playmakers and athletes on your roster, once they get to that second half, that's when they can get more comfortable. They've had that kind of play. They had the momentum going into the locker room and that's where you see it. And then you get the, the, the second touchdown. That wasn't a, a, a unique call. That was just Robbie again, 75 sure. yards wide open downfield, yeah. which I don't know why we didn't try that, you know, the first quarter and call a play like that because the run game certainly they were like, it's not like those cornerbacks were baited to come in on a read option or a, or a, a play action pass. It was just a, it was a, it was a, it was a shotgun seam down the middle and what, what we should have been attacking from the get-go, but the defense is another thing I had issue with. And Shanti's, I know you'll have some words about that. Cause <sighs> the cornerbacks, the cornerbacks was just, atro- it was atrocious. At every moment, it, it looked much of the same as last year. Washington, Washington to be exact. Every moment that I need you to get off the field. We got you on third. We got you on third and seven, third and ten. Get off, hey, get me off the field. You're supposed to be a top end secondary. D Jack, you got paid. Jeremy Chan, everybody seems everybody seems to love J- Jeremy Chan, but I still have questions of about him being an actual covered uh, covered safety. J C Horn even has some moments where it's like the little if him like you can tell this guy hasn't played a whole lot of football at this level because he only played three games last year and didn't even play a full three. Um, they they, they let. I would argue JC had his good moments and the rest was he, he had a couple he had a couple holes that were kind of dumb. Like this is the first, first game back though. First game back. Yeah, but all right, you can okay, all right. Even if even if even if it's your first game back, you cannot throw a receiver to the ground and think yeah, you got you're about to is a top ten route running receiver in the league. But you his don't routes are the, top ten in the league. He he has yeah. some of the best routes. He, he uses momentum better than almost any receiver besides uh, Devontae Adams or something. Like I'll that. give you that. I'll, I'll give you that for the second hole. The second hole, yeah, that first one, bro, that first one was a straight up. You jammed him at yeah. the line. He, yeah. he JC had won. He had won the rep. You just don't have to put him on the ground. But, Chandler, like I know that. the exact – I'll tell you the one moment that pissed me off with JC, and I know, it's, I, know, I know you know what I'm talking about. He gets burned early on in that game. He gets his ankles broken, <laughs> falls down. You get up and you walk – you walk to that route That's after it. I guarantee like the play was already about to be done. Like he was falling down, but as a cornerback, as a Steve Wilkes coached cornerback, you're going to tell me you're going to get up out of, after getting burned and then walk and look at the ball. I mean, bro, I'm not, I'm not going to hold you. Yeah. I'm going to say why that didn't even cross my mind. I'm just hoping. I was like, bro, I'm just hoping to God that somehow he don't catch this shit. <laughs> I'm hoping the guy like bro, he, it's already over at that point. The rod's already there. You you're beat. Even if you run to it, like this ain't high school, man. Like, you already beat my guy. It's already over with. Whatever was about to happen, that. whatever was about to happen to you now is happening. You already on the ground. I, I get that. <laughs> but, mm. Yeah, like I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna front with you, bro. Whatever was about to happen to you at that point was just, was just gonna happen. Now the run fits were absolutely awful, oh, and. God. <laughs> and I didn't see, and I had this issue during the preseason. I was like, bro, I don't think we're a very 
we're not very dominant in your front. We don't move. We don't move guys on the front lines. And I mean, shoot. I mean, Phil Hoskins start. Phil Hoskins played a lot of football today. And you know, for them, they got rid of. You know, have put Davion Nixon on the practice squad. It tells me that we weren't getting anything from anyone because if that's what the best group was was supposed to look like. My God, bro! I was highly disappointed in, in in that group. I mean, now I will say, Brian, give credit. I will give credit to Brian Burns. He flashed a lot on my screen. Played the run very well. Had his opportunity to make a play in the in the passing game on a rough and a passing call that may have been the absolute worst call I've seen. Like that may have been the worst rough and a passing call I've ever seen, bro. I I I can't even. I don't know what the referee saw. I don't know how you could come to the conclusion that, you know what? Yeah, that's a 15-yarder right there. But, again, uh, again, that's neither here nor there. We had opportunities to, uh, throughout, the, throughout the course of the game to win that one. But that defense uh, disappointed me. And, you know, and for people to talk about how, how great they were last year, which if you watched the games last year, you understood why the whole total yards thing was more so of a sham because you weren't stopping to run at all. I I mean, you're giving up about 180 to 200 yards on, on the ground, and teams are only having to throw the ball for about another 200 yards to be able to complete their game plan. So, you know, I mean, the, the total yards thing wasn't really impressing me last year. And um, this year, to open up the year, I mean, you looked soft up front, as simple as that. But, I mean, it, again, Jacoby Brissett being the quarterback is what kept this game close. Any other quarterback that, you know, Say if this were, were Deshaun Watson, that game would have been over by midway through the second quarter at the pace we were playing at. What I was most disappointed with with the defense was tackling. Nick Chubb got through the first tackler every single time. That was ridiculous. We had him in the backfield maybe six times during that game. And I don't know why our guys like to leave their feet when they tackle, but – um, we had people diving all over the place, and you can't tackle Nick Chubb like that. You have to get low. You have to wrap up. He's strong. He's fast, and he has really great vision. He can. He can. He was running around us, and I was pretty pissed off with Matt Ioannidis. I thought that's what what we got him for to be a strong up front. Derek Brown looks like he's um, looks like he's just as strong as Brian Burns. Honestly, like I, I was I was disappointed with the whole front. And the packages we were running. If we if we have Jacoby Brissett, why not stack the box? You know that they're a good, you're they're a good running team with a really good O line, obviously, because we didn't get to the quarterback. Um, the only sack we got was that uh, fire blitz from um, Damian Wilson. Yeah. And uh, but besides that, it was absolutely terrible. How uh, how we didn't stack the box at all. We didn't put Jeremy Chin in there till the second half. And that's when we started stopping the run a little bit. But Jeremy Chin, like you said, is not a coverage safety. He's not the best at it. I think we should put him back in the box where he was his first year when he got, like, what, 115 tackles in the season. I, I, he, he, we need to use our, uh, use our players' strengths more. Our I, 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 complete, I completely agree. Accept what you are. I mean, look at Amari Cooper had three receptions for 17 yards. Or, excuse me, yeah, 17 yards. That was it. That's their number one wide receiver, and that was all he had. And now I know some other guys, you know, some of the, you know, J- Njoku and some of their other no-name guys had, you know, got some yards, obviously picking it over the middle, but it was really the run. I mean, and not even just Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt was looking like 2012, 2013, whenever Kareem Hunt, you know, before everything happened, whenever he was actually performing, you know, he was looking like that. I mean, it was ridiculous. And to sit here and tout yourself as this, 
this multifaceted defense that can move guys around and they're all physical athletes, you know, they're well-rounded athletes and they're, and they're breaking into the second and third level. Like it's nothing. Stop it. Stop, stop joking with me with that because this, you, this is why you said we could do this without Hassan Reddick. You said, we don't need Hassan Reddick. He was giving us some sacks off the jump, but we don't need him. We can make it work with the guys that we have. We'll bring you Tur back. We'll sign some guys. We'll draft some guys and it will be fine. I thought Literally, that was their, I thought, sorry, sorry. No, you good? On. I said, uh, clearly, I it, that was their thought process with your tour because uh, it, he's better in the run, I thought, than Hassan Reddick, but he did absolutely nothing. He was a ghost today. He was, he was. And that was then you, you, you send off guys, you know, that had potential and you keep guys like Phil Hoskins and Bravion Roy in there that are just bodies that are taking up space like this. And, and like you said, Matt, Ioannidis, I thought this was his purpose. And I believe you're right. To, we need to play to our strengths. Like this is what I was saying from the get go is that, and I'm glad I saw Burris out on the field and that we had re-signed him off the practice squad, because I think that he provides a lot more than we pay him <laughs> to do. But this is my thought, especially because the linebackers non-existent. Tell me one thing Corey Littleton did. Wilson, you know, he had the sack, but again, that was a the one time that you that they were aggressive. You should have been blitzing first down. You know it's going to be a run. Look at like I can I'll take, you know, for the most part JC on Amari and I'll take the only issue I'm really concerned about is Nyoku and our and our linebackers cuz Shaq's never been that coverage guy the way we want him to be, at least not in the middle of the field, and Corey and Damian aren't going to do any of that. My thought process is you keep Will you, you you keep Burris and and Woods back there because I thought Woods did some good stuff. I thought Woods was a great presence. I see why we got him, and that makes sense. He deserves that starting role. I think Burris pairs well with that though. Burris is going to fly under the radar. He's got a great vision for him at the back of the field. For and also he knows Cleveland's offense. He know it's a different coordinator, yes, but he has experience with the Cleveland Browns. But bring Bur or bring Burn or excuse me, bring Burris back into that kind of hybrid linebacker role we had him in last in his rookie season. It was his best season. There's a reason for that. Is because he was able to be effective, being that almost like just you know free man to do whatever he wants. He's playing backyard football back there. He's head hunting and putting in packages. He can either drop back if we need an extra guy or jump through the run because clearly our front four, our front seven, is not enough to make pressure. It's, it's just not there. And so if you're going to do these things with these guys, I think we need Burris up there at that linebacker position to provide a little bit of help. You have a 4-4, you know, you have a, a 4-4-3 or, you know, whatever you want to do or a 4-4-4, whatever the numbers would be. I can't do math. Um, because, you know, I mean, we know who we've got back there. Hartfield is going to, you know, he's reliable back there. I have a lot of questions surrounding CJ Henderson because he seemed more of a nuisance than a, than a helpful factor out there. That touch, that first touchdown, that pass interference on the on the goal line. What are you doing? He was you trying to rip his head off. My God. Yeah, yeah, he just paid. awareness. That was yeah, he paid. He pay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, way worse than. Oh. Sorry. Say that again. I, 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 I was uh, on the pass interference. Your hand is had. He just panicked. I mean, he got beat. He did get beat. He got beat pretty bad. And if. And if Brissett had saw it earlier, it would have been a it would have been a walk in touchdown. But you got yourself back in position, literally just play just play through the hands. He panicked, and if he would have just calmed down, Woods would have made that pick either way. That pick was gonna happen either way because the ball was late and the ball was high. So I mean, but it's one of those situations where it yeah, set him right up for a touchdown, and they and they, and they walked right in, and then and from that point on, it was that was pretty much that. The defense could not 
buy a stop at that point. I mean, you, and you talk about the long drive they went on. That was, was that's what disappointed me the most. The first touchdown they got was off of an with I think it was off of, a, of a interception if I if I'm if I'm correct. So all right, that's fine. It's short field that happens. But the second drive where they drive the ball from what inside their own twenty. And they work it down the field on you, and they are they are just bullying you down the field, bro. I mean, I, I again, it's much of the same. It, it, it reminded it reminded me of a lot of what we saw against the Dallas Cowboys last year. When we went into that game, we 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 figured out like, hey, we're not physical enough to play with the best the better O lines in this game. And if teams really want to run the ball on us. All they have to do is commit to it, and that's exactly what the Browns did. I mean, they, I mean, they're going for it on fourth down throughout like, in the second and third quarter. <laughs> that's college stuff. You, you feel me? I, I mean, like, you, like, I, it, it, for them to feel that strongly about, hey, we don't have to do anything other than what we want to do in this game in, in order to get what we want, and, and it worked. And it worked for three quarters up until up until the fourth, and then they finally had to put together a drive where the quarterback had to you know drop back and pass. And then and, they, and I, I won't lie, they caused some breaks, but again, for the majority of the game, they got whatever they wanted from your defense. It all they shows did. in the time of possession. They had seventeen more minutes yeah. of possession. Than we us. didn't that get was the ridiculous. We didn't get the ball in the second quarter until I think what six minutes left in the half. I looked at my phone. And I was like, "There's no way that's been. They've ran so, like an incredibly long drive off the jump, and I think they even had it a minute into the end of the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. But like, and that's the thing is that like, when we talk about, you know, the one thing I say I will like is that we actually put up points in the fourth quarter. But mind you, remember the last four, the first four weeks of last year, we were putting up points in the last few quarters because we had the players to do it. DJ was healthy, McCaffrey was healthy. You had a consistent quarterback in there. That was never a problem up until McCaffrey went down. Whenever McCaffrey's on the field, you're going to have the ability to make open, you know, to make plays. That's just who he is. But to go and I know it was preseason, so you have to make everyone work. But to go and to not even incorporate Chuba whatsoever, Foreman was non-existent. Higgins, where in the hell was Higgins? He the one touch- person that knows the defense better. Than- the one person who has the <laughs> immediate connection with with Baker and knows his defense and these cornerbacks. He literally was playing with them not even a calendar year ago. Yeah. And and you're gonna tell me he's not even gonna touch the field? I get Especially, it. They like, like I, shit. Uh, sorry, I get it. They like Shy Smith, but oh my god, I, I cannot believe they put him in. I, I I or they wouldn't put him in. It's the one person that knows how that defense works and what they do against certain things. We were running the same things the entire game. He could have picked them apart by at least the second quarter and got us something going. We had no connection between Baker and especially DJ. The only time DJ got the ball was when he was wide open in the middle of the field doing jumping jacks, like saying I'm open. And it, it showed was... you and he showed you in that moment in time that he can make it work if you give him the thing. Like that's the problem is that like that's the most aggravating part, I think, is that when we able were able to connect, Robbie had this those those cornerbacks dead to rights. DJ mm-hmm. wide open. Even Shy Smith out in the flats. There was no one <laughs> on him to the point where he could make a play happen on the sideline to pick up what, 10, 12 yards? Yeah. Like Ian Thomas, Ian Thomas was wide open in the second quarter. Get what fifty yards to the end zone and um, and literally would have scored a touchdown for the first time in his career. I think. I think Ian's got at least one or two touchdowns. I can't. I can't tell you right now. I know he's got some two pointers. I think he's got one. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like we talked about it all last week. So, you know, we know their front four is good. We know their defensive backs are dirty. Like it's gonna have to be a thing where we're gonna have to pick and choose. We were on their cornerbacks from a pretty early point baker when given the three seconds to actually throw 
you know, it was able to get it out there and find some guys, but he'd never had that time because, you know, we just didn't have any help on the offensive line. They did not approach this game well from a coaching standpoint in terms of taking care of the mismatches that you were going to have. But then just like I said, the non-existence of some of our bigger players. I mean, where the hell was Terrace Marshall? Did he touch the ball at all? Was he even on the field? I didn't see him. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm, there's no way we expected Terrence Marshall to actually play, right? We, we, I don't even know what to expect at this point. He was fine. I, I liked him. Uh, no, uh, I don't think, yeah, I, I, I can't say I like anything about Terrence Marshall's game when he hasn't actually did, he hasn't done anything. I'm not, like, I'm going to be honest. I just haven't seen anything at the NFL level that makes me believe Terrence. Higgins, I understand. Terrence Marshall, he didn't play in the preseason either. So it's not like I actually missed anything he was doing like, I, like he, was, he was injured during the preseason to the point where they didn't want to use him they were saying him for this i thought nah he got he got he got his spot to it he didn't like, play i mean shy, I, they love shy it was better that's, 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 that's like i guess not even really uh it's not even really like what can Terrence Marshall do? It's like it size just productive. Like when they when they play, well, even when, even last preseason when they both played, so I was still more productive. Then Terrence Marshall, we still don't know what is his niche in the NFL that makes him a good NFL wide receiver. I think I, don't, I, I think it's possession receiving. I, I think that it, we should take him out or take Robbie out on third downs because unless Robbie's wide open, he's not catching the ball. Robbie has proven that he drops a lot of contested catches. And Terrace Marshall's a big, strong dude. When he was thrown to an LSU, he had a perfect QBR. Uh, it was The QBR was perfect when throwing to Terrace Marshall. I get it, it was Joe Burrow, and they had Jamar and Justin Jefferson, but that he is solid, and I think a third-down reception guy, we kind of need that. If we're not going to give it to McCaffrey or DJ, like we, we might as well get, get those guys on the field, put the attention on them, and then have Terrace. Uh, I, I would have – I just said – I would have rolled with Higgins with that, if, if especially on third down, first game of the season, like you said, having a guy that understands their defense. I thought Higgins would have been more suited for that. Like I said, I didn't understand why Higgins didn't play for the entirety of the game. They went mostly three receiver sets or two receiver sets with just with just DJ and Robbie. wasn't a whole lot of variety with with the formations. I mean, they 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 either were going bunch set or they were going two two receivers on then you know. Robbie to the right, DJ to the left, and and that was it. So I mean, I I mean the the variety in the offense that I thought we may we may would see, we didn't, we didn't get a whole lot of that. I, I don't know. It, 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 there's a lot of things left to be desired, but I mean, I wonder. I will say that that is one of the better groups defensively we're going to see for the entirety of the year. Like I, I I I mean, but you see how you stack up. I mean that that's the main thing. Now when you start playing some of the other teams that have quarterbacks, I don't know how it looks. I I will say because I I don't see it getting much better for you up front i'll be honest to go back to what you were saying with terrace the first off i mean shanti's did we expect the way that the preseason was going and the way the offseason was for that matter for robbie to be an actual impactful force we know what he can do in the nfl but do you expect him to actually did you expect that performance out of him at least you know get that a, a touchdown in 75 yards he had what six catches 120 yards something like that and a touchdown of course the majority of that is that's robbie's stat line all the time isn't it you know he gets that one big touchdown yeah, that's that, but that's what we but got yeah. him for. That's like yeah. that's things. But so that's right. my thing is that you got Terrace Marshall. You said like we talked about this to be that dynamic, different guy. You got him again, and they I, look at. I was upset with that draft pick from the get go. I said, why did you put that off? And then you get Christensen in the second round and the third round when there were better guys on that board at the second round that could be impactful. And now you see the effect on the field. 
Brady was no help to, 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 to Icky out there. Icky was on an island out there. He was by himself. They didn't he would have been anyway. Even... Miles Garrett's too good. I understand that, but it didn't even look they were trying to double team him. Like they didn't even try to put two guys on him because Brady can't do it. He's got to get it to the point where he's got to get other people. And that's the front four you're dealing with. But we see that like, you know, Brady's still, I mean, especially to not start half of last year and now still be a, you know, he is a building block, but he's not a building block. When you draft Harris to be that building block, I expect to see a little bit of output for him at least every game. Mm-hmm. Up until the point where you've shown me that it's not going to be beneficial whatsoever. And well, I understand, I agree. Higgins should have been there from the jump, but like to not even put him if, on the field yeah. is, yeah. and he, and you used your second round pick on him. Like in a year where we had a good amount of picks. What do you think about me? Davion Nixon got cut. Davion Nixon was a fourth round pick and he got cut. He got signed to the practice squad. You, okay. you feel me? Deont- Deontay Brown, where's Deontay Brown right now? But you know he's, the line between the first three rounds. You know the line between the first three rounds and the back four rounds. But he, 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 uh, with, all right, that like, for one, those are imaginary lines that we all made up. That we think that if you are first, you, if you win the first two to three rounds, you should be able to get X amount of time. Whereas, what did you actually do to prove that you were supposed to be out there? Well. Terrence, I, I I will say this year I won't I won't give him as much flight this year because I mean he was hurt I mean I I I'll give him that he he was hurt but I mean at a at a point there still is I I'm be, I'll, I'll be honest everything positive that's been said about Terrence has been said from three years ago and oh, and, e- and even if we go back to three years ago nobody nobody still tells me what Ter- what was Terrence Marshall's skills that made him so great at LSU. That, that 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 wasn't just that wasn't just getting one on ones up. It wasn't just getting one on ones up the seam when you got Justin Jefferson and, and, and Jamar Chase. Like I still could. Like it, me and Justin talk about all the time. What is it that makes that separates Terrence Marshall from the rest of the pack besides his sheer size? And I don't think but, there but, is mean, anything at that point. And we don't have a besides Robbie, who's a deep threat. He's not going to go up and moss somebody. But I think that if we're taking attention away from uh terrace with cmc and robbie and dj that's what we i'm pretty sure that's what we got him for we we wanted him to be out on an island out there and if nothing else is open we can throw it up to him and hope for a good one-on-one yeah i mean he's six three and he's huge he looks like a little bit skinnier dk metcalf like he's ridiculously big and i think that i don't know I'm, i'm not saying that he could he's like a good receiver in this league or a great receiver in this league but i think that he we could use him well if our coaches watch the games, I, I feel like our coaches don't watch the games. Like I, I feel like they're just blindly calling plays. We McAdoo has never seen a Panthers game in his life. He does not know who Christian McCaffrey is. I think he went in the first half. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got the ball, and I was like, I, I thought he was hurt again. I kind of like snapped back into it. I got used to him not being there, and then McAdoo didn't give him the ball in the first half as much as or in situations where he needed to get the ball when he's the only one that can get the first down on third and seven. Like my thing with, my thing with Terrace Marshall and it's, and it's still splitting hairs here, but this is like that Ian Thomas pass could have easily been there. There's what you're looking for from Terrace Marshall, get up the middle wide open a bit. You know, he's going to get that mismatch with linebackers or some slower guys over there. My issue with the Chantis is that, and because at this point my mind's already about winning in the future. My mind's already past this season because just the from what I'm seeing here, I'm just I, I'm calling it super, super, super early. Because and I'll tell you why in a few minutes. But my thought process here is, 
Robbie is a, is a wild card every single year. We don't know if he's going to resign, if he's going to show up to, to, you know, to practices and camps or if he's going to show out or not. We just, we don't know. DJ, we know what we've got there. We do. Shy was coming off of injury. Seems like another guy we're building up. Higgins to me seems like a Tory Smith, a, you know, uh, one of those, you know, kind of band-aid one to two year signs. He has a productive year. Then he goes away. Past that, Shanties, who are our wide receivers outside of Shy and outside of outside of DJ? If Robbie doesn't resign this year, my thing is we're trying to build this up to the future because our offense is finally at a point where it can be a little bit consistent. To not even put anything on the guy that you drafted at the second round to say, okay, we need to try to build him up for the future. You don't got to put him in if he's not performing, but at least putting him in the situational in the situations where he can be successful and not even put him in at those points. Like, I don't know what his purpose is. And at that point, he's just taking up a roster spot. All right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Well, most teams, would it be, would it be fair with you? Most teams don't have three to four receivers they have that are going to be solidified for the future. Like most teams usually only have two. And the two that you have are really Robbie and DJ. Everybody else is kind of just getting where you get in where you fit. In. I mean, I mean, we can say the things about Robbie, Well, Robbie did sign an extension. Like he did, he did, he did, did sign extension. So he's not. So unless there's an incredible trade out there for him, which I would, he, that, that contract is tradable. So it's, so it's not like, you know, it's not like it's, it's unfathomable that, that we moved him. But it was also it wasn't unfathomable that we moved Terrence Marshall because we got calls about him as well. So it's like, it's, so it's, so I mean, it's not like anybody's solidified. Or the only person that's really solidified is DJ, and that's the only yeah. person you have for most receiver rooms. You only have one guy that's a guarantee. After that, you you're still looking to upgrade in in, in, in other areas. I, I just I just don't think receiver was necessarily the biggest issue. You didn't run the ball. You, you ran the ball 19 times. I, I think I, I think the big the biggest issue was that you didn't incorporate Deontay Freeman or Hubbard. I don't I don't necessarily mind not incorporating Hubbard because I don't necessarily think he's that great of a player anyway. But I would have liked to see Deontay the, the Deontay Freeman a lot more and see more than 19 carries. Um, I mean McCaffrey, I I understand what they're trying to do with McCaffrey, bro. I, I mean we get, I, it, it, nobody's gonna be happy with how we use McCaffrey because it's either gonna be too much. He had what he today he had 14 touches. He's gonna be too much or it's gonna be too little. And we would say 14 touches is a little is low for McCaffrey. But then what's the sweet spot? Well, the sweet spot is probably around 20 to 25 touches. But then that borders on being too much a game if you go through a 17-game season. That's a lot. So the thing we got, I think, I think the main thing we all got to realize is that McCaffrey's usage is, the key to McCaffrey's usage is that he can be used a lot. That's how he's me, most effective. But what irks me, and I get it, it's preseason play you can't base it off of, but they showed packages in the preseason using Giovanni Ritchie, using Foreman out in the flat, using Hubbard with the screens. They showed the packages that they can run without McCaffrey on the field and make it work. Ritchie, another guy, did a lot in the preseason. They spoke really highly of him, was healthy. Did he even, did he even play today? I don't no, know. He, That's no, what I'm t- he was injured. He was injured. He was he, not he on the scratch up, list? He came up on the, he came no, up on the uh, injury list. Not that I see here. I saw Amari Barno, Cade Mays, Markan McCall, Aaron Mosby, Laviska, and Steven Sullivan. Last I, I had that. seen. I hate that. Every te- every good team has a fullback. Like when the Packers were awesome, John Kuhn was the best. Like Patrick DeMarco. He like, a guy in the backfield to step up and make the big blocks that I mean, if Don Foreman's not doing it, put Rusey in there, put him in motion, and let's get something going. Let's have some sort of a stretch or like outside zone they did not do any of that with christian mccaffrey and i i understand that we can't get that many touches but timing is everything with a guy who's that special 
he's gonna he's gonna make plays if you put the ball in his hands. Just need to know when those times are to put the ball in his hands. Before we did it way too much with the running and everything, but now I think we just need to third downs and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and that's what confused me and upset me is that in every Panther season since McCaffrey has been here, he has been. And again, I, I understand that that set him up for injury more often than not, but that's why I think you could put Chuba in there because he saw he could provide a similar sort of role. But every single season, we had him as the safety guy. The pocket breaks down, all your reads go out the window, you dump it off to McCaffrey. Exactly. Not existing. Against the front seven that the Browns bring you with Garrett and Clowney coming up, you need a dump off guy. Baker's going to have mm-hmm. two seconds. He's not going to be able to check every freaking read downfield. And that is when, and when he has the ability to do so, he does it really damn well. That's when he finds Robbie, he finds Ian, he finds DJ. But when you don't, when he, especially first quarter, I expect that first drive to be dumped off to McCaffrey, dump off to McCaffrey, dump off to McCaffrey, because you need to at least set a tone of, of success and not just have the Browns just batter you right out of the gate. I mean, just an onslaught right out of the gate. Because you're right, Chantice, that's going to be the better one, of, one of the better front sevens we're going to see this time around but to not to start that way because now now as far as matt rule and, and phil snow are concerned you are on the hot seat already because i'm gonna tell you what sonny i'm gonna tell you what the giants next week is not gonna be a cakewalk whatsoever no. they took the number one team and i get you can say what you want about the titans but they took the reigning top seed in the afc and made that a game and not even just like a shootout they came back from behind yeah. and took that game over. They were down by 20 at one point and came back to win that game. And you can, you can say, you what about the Titans and their mistakes? They're still a good football team, yeah. only removed from two years removed from an AFC championship, you know, run. So, and, and I'm going to tell you what, too. You thought Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were bad this week? Just wait until you see what Saquon Barkley did to that Titans front seven. Because I'm going to tell you, they have a better front seven than we do. Without question, Bud Dupree looked like 2018, 2019 Bud Dupree out there. Yeah. They're out Harold Landry. That sucks. But they still have Jeffrey Simmons. They still got uh, a couple guys up there that are big, heavy hitters. And Saquon Barkley, we already saw what he's made us look like when he was healthy. They didn't even have Saquon Barkley last year, and we didn't even get a touchdown. So I don't know what you think is going to happen next week when you have to go. It's at New York, is it not? Yeah, it's at New York. When you got to go into the Meadowlands and try to take on that team, you lose that game, and I'm telling you what, their phone calls will be made. Oh yeah, oh start out 0 and 2, bro. Here's the thing that that first six game stretch is so it, it's so peculiar because they gotta finish out like three and three. They gotta finish. They gotta come out of that first six game stretch of at least three and three. Because I, I mean, honestly, if you lose next week, you can go ahead and, you can go ahead and roll your season up in a pack and go ahead and smoke that, my boy. I ain't gonna hold you. That's <laughs> that's over with. Start out start start out 0 and 2, and you play you play the Saints going into week three. They somehow mystically came back against Atlanta. I watched that game, and they were dead to rights for the majority of that one. Uh, how they came back, I didn't get to see the final the, the final t- the final touchdowns they scored. But the games were so weird today. We're not even going to go into the rabbit hole of the weirdness the yeah. NFL was this week. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely some odd, some some odd games. Some teams that some teams look better. I mean, here's the thing: it's an ex- the, the week one is much more of an extension of the preseason now with the with the with the extra week being taken away. 
So I, I don't. I want to take things that you know, take it all with a grain of salt. But again, like you said, going in and playing Saquon Barkley next week, we'll see if Baker can in this office can improve because continuity is going to be the main thing. Hopefully, if guys stay healthy, hopefully if they, if they continue to continue to work as a unit, we'll start to see them look more rhythmic and it starts to look more cohesive and it starts to have some type of identity to it. And I mean. Uh, it, it, the week, week to week is going to be how you how do you want to incorporate Christian McCaffrey? That's gonna that's gonna be the question mark every week. How do how do we incorporate Christian McCaffrey? Because I mean, we saw Saquon Barkley come out with eighteen carries, and he see he had a total of twenty four touches today. And again, that's what we and that's what we think is probably the sweet spot for McCaffrey is around twenty to twenty five. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be about how close to twenty. Yeah, I mean, he's going you're gonna have to have a little bit more than fourteen. It's got to be more than 14. That 14 is not going to cut it. I mean, but you started to see in the second half, when you started gain, to gain control, you could run the ball. You ran the ball, and it kept the pressure off of – it kept the pressure off of May, Baker Mayfield to, to, try, to compl- try to complete third and tens, third and sevens. Any third any third and medium, third and long became a lot easier when it's now second and four, second and five. And now and now quick and, – and now your quick game works. Now getting guys – now getting guys like a – like a Robbie Anderson on slants is a lot easier to do. You know what I'm saying? Get, getting guys like DJ Moore in open space is a lot easier to do when the ground game start, starts to work, which is why you got to incorporate Freeman and Hubbard. In some type of way, you got to make – you have to make them respectable pieces of your offense. Make teams respect them when they come onto the field. Like, hey, he can break one. Oh, he can break one. And, and, and even though I have my issues with Hubbard, he's still a big play capable guy. Look, at, I'm going to give him his flowers. He was the only one last year to make that offensive look line look like it had any sense of any sense of professionalism. He was making those plays work and what I regardless of what that was, but I, I think when it comes to a pitch count for McCaffrey, I'm fine with a high pitch count. I'm fine with a low pitch count. What I want to see is a is is, is some sort of respective a rationing of it and dispersing it to Foreman and Hubbard. If you're going to have McCaff- if you're going to run the ball 30 times I'm okay with McCaffrey getting 20 touches as long as Hubbard and D- Foreman get those other 10 I don't want to run the ball and have McCaffrey getting 30 touches that's the whole reason we signed Hubbard it's the whole reason we drafted or excuse me it's the whole reason we drafted Hubbard it's the whole reason we signed right. Foreman. we did not draft Hubbard to be our next guy up I don't believe that we did not draft mm-hmm. Foreman to be a, a a you know last resort or your safety plan I don't believe that mm-hmm. you got them to use in rotation there's a it's worked for you know you've seen it work in 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 dallas you've seen it work in in you know in in san francisco when they were able to do so you saw it work in tennessee that's why foreman got the 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 money he got so that's my issue i don't think we have the system for that that's the only like shanahan's system is beautiful they have a lot of motion a lot of rollouts they have they were rolling out with jimmy g and making it look great I don't think that we have the system in place to trust those guys, and they don't want to waste a first or second down. If if they go out and put in Foreman and Hubbard and it doesn't pan out well, they're going to get eaten alive out there saying, oh, why aren't we playing Christian McCaffrey? I think that that's going to come when we can open things up. We, we didn't make any adjustments today. McAdoo was non-existent. Um, I, I definitely think that we're going to have to – establish this system with Baker and able to, uh, before we put those other guys in. I, I think it's going to take a minute to 
to really get this because we forget Baker's only been on the team for a couple months. It's not like it's not like he you can really grasp a playbook in that amount of time. Which, which again, would have made more sense to incorporate the ground game that you had worked on for the majority of the preseason. Like, like, yeah. like that would have been the perfect opportunity where Baker shouldn't be throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game. Like, that's not, first of all, that's not his style of play. This is just made that clear. He hasn't been that quarterback since he was at Oklahoma. He is a much, he's much more of a game managing type of quarterback, a, lot, a, a little bit more skilled than a game manager. I won't call him a, just strictly a game manager. He's got more upside talent than, than, than just a normal game manager, but like you said, he he's only been on the team for for a few months, and again, you haven't he hasn't worked in with the number one guys for the majority of the off season. So, this is the time right now that you use those signings when you when you sign like like you said, Jack, when you sign when you sign Foreman, you signed him to be a guy. You didn't sign him to just sit there and be a gadget piece. Hubbard was was also expected to be a guy to take the load off as well. So, again, they didn't even come out trying to establish the run to start the game off, which is what puzzled me as well like, which is what really puzzled me like you didn't even try to you didn't even come out trying to establish the ground game you came out trying to drop back and again putting your rookie left tackle at risk like that is to me that's mal it's close to being malpractice because that being his first game is a horrible way to introduce him to the league you you should have been trying to protect him as much as possible i know he's the sixth overall pick but we all knew Miles Garrett is a different animal. That is the best pass rusher in the league. You get the, the numbers may not, the, the broad numbers may say it's TJ Watt, but if you watch the game, you you know that Miles Garrett is an athletic freak that nobody's had an answer for since he's been in the league. Like you start out a first drive exactly. Like I don't think people we, we have we need to put emphasis on how horrible that is of an idea. You put him up standing pass blocking. You put him up and say, "All right, Miles, you come to me." You let Miles come da- downhill and hit you like a Mack truck. And look, you were right, Shantese. First, da- first down, we start off with the ball, right? Incomplete short pass to Robbie Anderson. Pass short left to McCaffrey, a loss of five yards. A pass short right for four yards. Didn't even go across the line of scrimmage. Not even looking past the line of scrimmage. That is your first drive. And you mean, and what was upsetting to me, and because like you have a point, Brock, but it's not like he's a rookie quarterback. You know, and he's not like he's a Sam Darnold kind of quarterback either. What is upsetting to me is they act like there's not a frame of reference for success here. You have the ability to run almost in a a mirrored offense to what made Baker successful with Cleveland in the year that he got him a winning record and got them to the playoffs. You have a speedy, versatile running back who can make things happen in the flats and in the backfield. You have a bruiser who can run downfield and run over people like Kareem Hunt and like Dante Foreman. And you've got wide receivers that can make it work on motion plays, play actions, crossing routes. You know their middle of the field, their linebackers are their weak point. And to not even attack it off the jump and to do that in the offseason, in the preseason, to run those plays with Foreman and Hubbard and then just wipe everything. I get you were like trying to catch them off guard and do what they weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a damned if you damned if you don't, but understand the situation that you are in. If you like, if you got the ball on defense to start and you made a stop, then yes, swing for the fences, but also they weren't even swinging for the fences. It's not like the offensive plays they were running were aggressive plays, dump pass, dump pass slant. That's not like, it, there's just no direction there, and it comes, you're right, directly off of Ben McAdoo. And I put that more on Ben McAdoo because you're supposed to be an NFL-vetted you know, coordinator. You're supposed to know how to do oh. these things and incorporate these guys. And, and and that's where I put, you know, on our playmakers, that's why you saw it ticking in the third quarter and the fourth quarter because they've had the time 
to know what plays they can make out on the field. And I got a feeling towards that point, they were the ones, I mean, you, they were making the plays that were happening. They were busted plays, bad plays, like I said, and they were making something happen with those busted plays. McCaffrey was getting 10 yards after catch, 12 yards after catch. So was shy. So was DJ. And, yeah. and that's where I get upset is that you need to do that because like I said, next week, uh, we've done it before. We get, we'll make D, we, we can make Daniel Jones. If you don't blitz Daniel Jones, you're going to make him look like Josh freaking Allen out there. If you do not blitz him and send the house and we're going to do it. We did it last year and we did it the year before that when we played the Giants. We haven't beat the Giants since we had to kick a 65 yarder to beat them. We haven't beaten the Giants since then. Last year, we didn't even get a touchdown off. That was one of the worst games I've ever watched for the Panthers. Luckily, I said it going into that game. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch this. I'm going to go to the fair. I'm going to go to the fair. I'm going to go to the fair. I'm going to have me a good day. I'll let y'all handle that one. I thank God every day. I did not watch that game because Jesus Christ. I'm telling you. the worst football game I've ever watched. I mean. You didn't have to see that. The stat line, even I, I didn't even watch the game. The stat, I know I, I caught a, I caught a glimpse of the first quarter. The stat line told me everything I needed to know. Like the, like uh, you, usually the stats don't usually tell you the whole game. That one did. You didn't get to see um, Daniel Jones making a contested catch with like Cooper Cup out there. That's where I drew the line. I, I crumbled when that. You happened. didn't see that play, Shantice, the double wrong. pass. From I, hey, I didn't see any of it. I oh refused. I, hey, look, so I, lucky. I'm telling so you. Lucky. I saw the score. At one, I saw the score at one point. I realized. I saw we still had three points. I want to say like somewhere like midway through the third quarter because I was just checking the game periodically. I didn't go back and watch any highlights. I made sure. I stayed off of Twitter that week too. I made sure I didn't see any of that. I didn't want to see any frame of reference as to what was going on that week because the fact that you went to New York, got beat up like that, and had to come. I, I was done. I was cool. I, I knew. I knew what this was. And you have a very, very real chance of doing that again this week. If you do not get your crap together and look at that, they better be spending the next 24 to 48 hours in the film room watching every single second of what just occurred because it was just deflating. You look, It looked like high school football out there, and you had like all these things that you touted, all these things that you the, – the potential – and it's not like we're pulling this out of thin air. They gave us the reference to expect these things and then to turn around and not even go off of what you tried to do and just look just disheveled out there is what really, really concerns me. And it's not like we're, it's not like, you know, it's not like we were missing any guys or anyone was unhealthy or, you know, oh, we haven't, like, I mean, he still played a full preseason. He still played a full preseason. And I get McCaffrey didn't and DJ didn't, but you did that of your own choosing. And yeah. I agreed with it when you did it, but you did it on your own choosing. So now you have to reap what you sow and go, okay, the, com the communication's not there. But if the communication's not there, connection's not there, put in Higgins, who literally knows this guy. And that's it's just the incompetence that was ex that was perpetrated and propelled at this game. It just continues to blow my mind every week in and week out that they just cannot uh, they, they just can't get it out. And maybe we're seeing some, maybe it's you know easier to see it from the outside looking in. But my God, someone's gotta be out there going, okay, something ain't right. Someone's gotta be looking and saying, you know. Maybe yeah. we're maybe we're not doing this right. Yeah. Uh, do you think it could have anything to do with Matt Rule being a little nervous about his job um, being taken away from him? Because I don't know if if I'm the GM or if I'm the owner of that team and I see him destroy Christian McCaffrey or do something ruin a player or a team, I'm getting him out. I I'm, he's already on a very 
on very, very thin ice. Like I, I think at one more bad season, he's out of here for sure. I think he was nervous. I don't, I, I think that he wanted to just have like a pretty vanilla game plan and, and let it not be on him as much as like, he's thinking about himself. Like he, he yeah. doesn't, he wants money. Like he, he has a great job, great setup. Why would he want to lose that? I think he's trying to shift it onto a, like something else. I, I definitely think his job security is, is part of it. But uh, if that, this is the only thing that doesn't really match up. Why did he hand the Browns three points at the end of the second half when they were going to go for it and he called a timeout? We, it was, it was uh, eight yards to the goal line. And I think we could have had it. I mean, why not make that gamble when you're already down? Just don't call the timeout. Let it happen. If that doesn't happen and we end up stopping them, we win that game. They're down six going into that last drive. They have to score. I don't think they're scoring with 30 I, seconds left on the clock. I'm not going to hold you because I know – because I've watched Carolina football long enough. I'm not going to hold – I'm not going to hold them accountable for that one because – what happens if we give up a touchdown, right? And that was a very real possibility. We, we what happens if you we give up a touchdown? I mean, that's like. We're but then it's but but no, but but twenty twenty four to seven going in the half and twenty and twenty to seven going to half is two totally different things. I'm not gonna lie to you. And like you didn't even hit the twenty four point threshold in in this game. You still you only got you got the twenty three and you had a chance to win it late. So I'm not gonna hold him. I'm not gonna hold him. I'm not gonna hold him for that one. You had a chance to win that game late. Now what I will say is that your quarterback center exchange is one of the worst I've ever seen, even out of a middle school team, and that is what cost you the game because on the first down and ten that you got when you cross, I want to say I want to say they were in the red zone at this point where you where you where you, where you fumbled a snap. That was the fourth time you had did that day throughout the course of a game. Four missed snaps. For an NFL team, but you're not you weren't you didn't deserve to win anyway because you had a chance to put that one in the dirt. Not only you didn't have to score a touchdown, what you could have done at that point was kept your offense moving at the pace it was. Instead of having a burner play, essentially, you could have possibly picked up another four to five yards, ran whatever the hell you wanted to on second out and five or second and six, and and got this thing under a minute. Where at that point, I mean, shit. I mean, even with a minute and thirteen, the Browns barely got the ball past midfield and had to get the fifteen yard penalty in order yeah. to do so. So that that miss snap, that mishandled snap, boy, that's that gonna was, haunt us for a minute. I mean, I, I, my heart stopped for a second. Oh boy, you, you get. I, I mean, you get all the help. You get DJ again. That great, you know, you get him up for that twenty six yard play. He got out there. You get McCaffrey a little bump. Then you had him again, McCaffrey, 21 yards. Not only that, but then the horse collar, too. Like, you got helped out with that horse collar. Right. That puts you right there at the 15-yard line with a minute and a half left. You're exactly right. And you cannot – that's unforgivable, inexcusable. I would I would have taken him out right then and there. I would have put a different center in right then and there because – and that's a, when you don't have a center playing center because at that point, I don't even think it was Bozeman at that point, was it? No, it was F-line. Was it was F-line. And F-line is a guard. And you cut Sam Tecklenburg, your actual backup center, who again was not great, but was at least playing that position solely. Yeah, like they, like Elfline's a good center off of potential, right? Like, 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 like he graded out well at center somehow. But we watched the games enough last year, bro. I'm not, I'm not rolling with that. I, 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 I would assume Bozeman still banged up. I think it was an ankle injury, was it not? I think during the Patriots. Uh, joint practice week that he that he got that he got hurt. Um, 
Yeah, you better be, you gotta hurry up and get him back. You need him back with a get that man back with a swiftness because there's no way I can keep rolling Pat Elfline out there as my starting center and having four bobbled snaps throughout the course of a game, bro. That can't happen. But that's my other thing. Where he wasn't on the inactive list, so either he's healthy and can go in, or he's not, and you put him on the. There's no harm in putting him on the inactive list, but don't have him out there if you're not gonna use him. Looking at the watching the Titans game, it didn't seem like. They, I mean, they got a push. Don't get me wrong, and they, you know, Derek Henry was still able to make things happen, but they did get after Tannehill one or two times. But you know, even Tannehill looked good. You know, Mariota looked good. Like your division's not gonna be that easy. Saints and and the Bucks, neither of them played any worse. They played any. They played better than we did. Both both sides, I believe. And yeah. so, like, just you, you. All I'm gonna say is, you better get your stuff together. You better get it together. You better take this week and get it together. Yeah. I don't. I don't see any. I'm trying to look at the uh, the schedule, looking for wins. I don't see many wins on there. Like, I, I there's a lot of teams where it will take a big fluke for us to win a game. Uh, the Cardinals is the only one that I think we're gonna win, and that's just because we've owned the Cardinals. I have no like stats or anything to base that off of. We just, for some reason, beat the Cardinals every single year with ease. I, 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 I'm not gonna go as overboard as to say I don't see any wins. I mean, it's the NFL, bro. I'm, I'm I mean, not gonna lie to you. Besides, besides, besides playing Detroit and Jacksonville, who do you think you could beat week to week that you could just guarantee? But if it if we if I take away Detroit and Jacksonville, say so you don't play them. For all for entire season. But if I'm a, a mid tier team, like I, I can say yes, I we're gonna beat these teams 100. percent There's or not 100 percent obviously. That's about I say. There's there's, there's, there's some, no 100 percent in this league. There's some variables, but there's a lot of times where you know, like if you, if I'm a you have an idea with a somewhat good of a coaching staff, like there's a lot of Niners games that I watch where this year they're gonna be a, they're gonna be a mid tier team. They're not gonna be what they were the last couple of years with Trey Lance, but. I know that those guys can win some games that they match up well against certain teams. That's what I'm saying. We don't really match up well against a lot of teams. Well, well, his his thing, bro. The, the NFL is week to week. That's why I'm saying, like, like even, I, I, even with what Squan Barkley did this week, right? I, I can, I can go ahead and tell you, Squan Barkley's not running for 160 yards every week. It's not going to even be close to what he's going to average for the majority of the season. It's, it's, it's a week to week thing. Matchups are matchups are matchups, and uh, and again, you got to. You gotta take everything with a grain of salt, bro. It, it each week is is his own season. It's his own season in and of itself. So we'll we'll see, bro. There's gonna be there's gonna be a game or two there that you that 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 we win that you that, that you also wouldn't expect. But I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call it the season already. All right, just just because I mean shit, we got 16 weeks. So I would hate to do this podcast for 16 more weeks if we already <laughs> think that it is is a watch. So I'm gonna try to keep a little bit of positivity for it. I'm gonna give him a chance. That I mean, I mean, next week is a cru- now. Next week is critical, though. I mean, next week is critical. I think if, they, if you don't come out and establish the ground game early on, if you don't run that ball 30, 30 plus times next week, I'm gonna think you are. I'm gonna think you're not serious about winning. And I will then pack up and just sleep during during the one o'clock hour on sun on, on sun on, on Sunday afternoon. I'll just take my time. I'll I'll reclaim my time. Take me a nap. Be ready, refresh to go to work, and just do that for the entirety of the next sixteen weeks. But I'm gonna give. I, I mean, I, I'm still gonna give him. A, I'm still gonna give him a shot, man. I mean, we we this game was a die was a toss up either way. Even 
you know, even if Deshaun wasn't wasn't playing, we we did know that we weren't exponentially better than Cleveland at any facet of the game. Like, I, if we ran through each position group, where did we where do we think we had the advantage over Cleveland? I would have to say that wide receiver. Time, I would I would I would give you wide I would give you wide receiver. Yeah, barely. Barely, I would give you wide receiver. Barely, I would give you that's an. And that's, and, that's, and that's about it, honestly. Yeah. I would say our receivers. We we I would have said we would have thought our receivers were better than their a, a tad bit better than their DBs, and we would have said our DBs are better than their receivers. Which our DBs against their receivers for the majority, just off a of pure number standpoint, play well. But situational football happens, and people's Jones and and ends up being the most reliable receiver in NFL history somehow on, th- on on every third down. So I mean, I. I Again, you got beat by a team that straight up is more talented. Like we knew that coming into this. Like, we, we said Baker left a more talented team and came to Carolina. So I, I mean, we have. I, a, yeah, I think we're I just think a I, lower grade of them. Like we we have a similar setup and similar roster, kind of with the run game and everything. With yeah. just with Christian McCaffrey, but if we right. had an O line, I say we we are on par with them. If yeah. we learn how to control a game and we don't have our you saw how tired our defense was out there. If that doesn't happen, I, I think we match up well with them. It's just our, our O-line is holding us back a lot. It's killing drives. It's killing momentum. I, I don't think we can do anything if we don't establish that. Again, and this is going to be the one rare times where, like, look at I am not going to put a whole lot of the blame on the offensive line. Again, like we talked about, the the ridiculousness and lack of competency to put them in that position right off the bat against that front four. I was not expecting them to do well against that front four at all. <laughs> But to go three passing plays in your first drive, when we haven't ran a drive where we have done three passing plays off the first drive to open the game, we have not done that since maybe when we had Steve Smith and and Musa Muhammad. And even then, we I don't never think, did that. I don't I, like. I don't think we've ever at any point done a, a drive where we've started off with three pass plays off the jump. I can't remember that. It's For a just long time. It's just who do you, it, when, when when I saw that drive, I was like, bro, who the hell do you think you are, bro? Like, like who who do you? Like who? Kansas what receiver City do you, or, or Miami right, like, or something? Who is who is? What is your personnel? Baker, I say, bro, Baker, we're out there with Baker Mayfield and say we're we're gonna pass the ball three times and we're gonna establish ourselves. Yeah, that's what we yeah, against Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom. I, I, and again, I understand their secondary isn't. I mean, I like I really like Denzel Ward I, and Greg Newsom is, Greg it, Newsom it, is, is, is solid. Yeah. And mind you, Greed Williams wasn't even out there, <laughs> so I mean. I I do like what they have in that back end, bro. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you, but I mean to go out there and not try not try to establish that ground that, that passing attack, your rushing attack at all. When you know the strength of their team is their pass rush, like if you let them pin their ears back, they're good enough to get to just get home before they didn't have to, they don't have to send them. They they they, they send it, they send blitzes at their own leisure. They can do whatever the hell they want to on on the defensive side of the ball because of who they have. On that D line named Miles Garrett, who is the best pass rusher in football, and even situationally to know who you have in the backfield, who the fans have been itching for for the for the last two years is McCaffrey. And I get you don't want to put him out right off the gate, but at least to show a little bit that you know he still has it in the tank for him, and he obviously does. But to get Bank of America rocking, you get McCaffrey out there, he picks up a first down. You would not be able to hear in that stadium if McCaffrey picks up a first down in that first drive coming off the bat if you get a, a read option or something and McCaffrey takes it and goes or Baker takes it and goes you're not going to be able to hear Robbie catches a pass woohoo 
great. <laughs> he does what he's supposed to do. Wow. But, you know, like, that's what I'm saying. So that just the situational competency to know what your strengths are, what you need to do in this moment. And I get you're trying to catch him off guard, but that's the way you do it. It was like the Titans, some plays they were running today. Like at a third and one, they ran a jet sweep at the running with the tight end. I get you're trying to be two-dimensional. You're the Titans. Give it to Derrick Henry. Shut up and let him get the first down. Stop yeah. it. Stop, stop it. And, yeah. and that's where I get upset about it. And so I think what really just disconcerted me, and I'll finish with this, is the loss was not something that I, was, I did not expect. The thing that concerned me was not having the lead up until literally a minute left in the ball game. Yeah. And, and, well, I mean, and not even – not even, we, we never had I'll say ball. not even that, but then yeah. – not even that, but also not even having, you know, a, a, a balanced off. I mean, we were stopping them, don't get me wrong. Like, they had the ball, but they didn't score that first quarter. Yeah. Like they, they had a turnover on downs and a punt and then a punt. Like, they didn't score up until that interception turnover, which I'm not going to really put that on Baker. It was a, I don't know where the hell he was looking, but um, but that's neither here nor there, at least in my mind. You know, I, I'll take one of those from him. Granted, upon the that we're already driving, and so that's what I am just that's what concerns me going forward. Is it wasn't like the years past the first four weeks where we were doing well, then we fell off and we let up, you know, they almost came back or they did come back or we blew the lead. We never even had it, like it took everything out of our players to crawl back up to get to 24 up in that point. It took everything to crawl up into that point, and the defense, you know, getting those field goals when they needed them, but then just not having like our players can do only do so much. And then you, when you can only like you're, when you're exerting yourself so much, the cracks are going to start to show in coaching and chemistry and depth. They're going to start to show when you're giving every single spot to be able to do that. Cause I, I truly believe that in my heart of hearts that Baker, our line and, 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 and DJ and Robbie were giving it their all. I true. I truly do. I don't think the coaches were, I don't think that Matt rule or, or, or Ben McAdoo were, and I don't think Phil Snow was. And defensively, I don't think our our guys were giving it their all because I don't think there is a – I think it's, again, an issue with, you know, outward leadership. I think Shaq is a great leader, but I don't think it shows off more often than not. It didn't seem like a fired up – you don't see him on the sidelines getting after it. And and that's where I still get a little – and Brian is a – to everything that he is, he seems a bit center-focused when it comes to his mindset on the field. It's about him making plays, it seems, a lot you know, or freeing up the space to where other someone else can make that spot. So like I said, just a lot going to have to change going forward. A lot to look to a very, very, very short week to do so against the undefeated giants who are uh, got a big win on the road and a tough place to play. And so I'm just very interested to see what, I, what we're going to get going forward thoughts about what you're going to, what you're expecting for this giants game. Oh boy. I'll, I would expect to see a lot more of the ground game be featured. Um, Established, established Foreman and McCaffrey, especially. I, I, I imagine those two are going to be the guys. One guy's going to be the odd man said, "Now nah, I couldn't imagine you're going into a week trying to get Chuba Hubbard more touches." I just couldn't. That just doesn't scream competency to me. But yeah, get Foreman, get Foreman more touches, uh, more touches, and again, you got to see more of a pass rush get home for your for, for your front line. I don't know who the second pass rush is going to be. I mean, we, we we watched it today. Burns didn't get home. Haynes didn't get home. I don't know who's gonna who's gonna elevate themselves to be in that second pass rusher, but it's got to be somebody. And you got to see we got we and we probably need some help in the interior. I mean, not, the document suit still out there. Possibly look his way because you need to add another dominating force to that front to make to 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 help you not get bullied around and get ran off for two hundred plus yards. I gotta imagine again that 
the formula for the Giants is going to be run the ball 30 plus times on this defense and let's and let's make them prove they can stop the run. So again, run defense improvement on on the defensive side of the ball and again, more establishment of the run game on the offensive side of the ball seems to be the only two things I can think of to make to help us get 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 a win this week coming up against the Giants. Yeah, I I definitely think that we should uh hopefully run the ball a little bit more, but I think on defense especially we're going to see a lot of different sets. I don't think that I, I think we might see a couple uh, five man fronts on the D line, hopefully. But I think that we're going to do more corner blitzes and blitzes off the edge. Because if you watch that Titans Giants game today, Daniel Jones has zero awareness in the pocket. We need to get people behind him, and he can't feel them. I, I there was one play where he fumbled today because there was a guy coming at his back. It there's no way you can't feel that in the pocket. Like, I think that we're going to do a lot of stuff off the edge. We're going to have a lot of different sets, maybe drop Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Chin down in the box and have Luvu come off the outside. That's what I was, uh, cause Luvu, I mean, he had a better pass rush than our D lineman today. Like he, he did, he did, a, uh, he did well on the blitzing, but I think that we're going to see a lot more of that and a lot more running with, Hopefully Chuba. I, I want to see Chuba. He has he has great vision. I, I think that he gets quality runs. Like short down stuff, yeah, put Dante in. But I think that if we're trying to get some yards, we're in the middle of the field. Chuba's a good guy. Like he, he's a good dump off option. He's just a little bit like downgrade from McCaffrey. I, I think that he serves a good purpose out there and you don't have to change the offense too much to get him out there. I agree. And like I said, I just it's things we can need to change as we go forward. But of course. <sighs> We have to keep continuously waiting. We have to keep waiting for competency, for communication, for chemistry. And I don't know how much longer I cannot wait. I, I really don't know. So until then, though, let's keep waiting and keep pounding.